Thank you for listening to the podcast from The House, a local church in Rock Island, Illinois. For more information, check out www.thehouseqc.com. Back it, under it. Anybody? Raise your hand if you've ever had to do that. Napkin. Napkin. Who, what's your preferred thing to put underneath the leg of a table? Oh, okay, so the, the little band that they put around the silverware, folded napkin, sugar, your child. Um, <laughs> anything else? An eraser, if you happen to have an eraser with you, maybe you put that underneath there. Let me ask the question. Was it a three-legged table? No, it wasn't a three-legged table. Because three-legged tables don't wobble. I guess you could say maybe all tables should be three-legged. And then you don't, would never have to worry about a table wobbling again. The problem is, is that I've never seen a three-legged table that's big enough for more than a few people. You ever thought about that? Like you go to a cafe. Cafe's got little tables, often three legs, some kind of pedestal table. You don't have to worry too much when you know there's only going to be a couple of people sitting around this table. But once you start getting more people around a table, you need more surface. And the more surface you have, sometimes the more legs you need. The more legs you have, the more difficult it is to keep that table from wobbling. Because you have to make sure that the bottom of every single one of those legs is touching the floor exactly the same way. And so with that, I want us to open up our Bibles. We're going to open our, our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In your Bible, in the New Testament, it goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. And so that's kind of the neighborhood that 1 Corinthians is in. If you don't have a Bible, you can uh, take one of the Bibles off the shelf out in the lobby or download a, a digital Bible from any of the digital app stores. Uh, they're all pretty good. I use version all the time. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse 12. And will you stand with me as we read the Word of God? First Corinthians 12, starting in verse 12. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all in its many parts from one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit, to drink. Even the soul, the body, is not made up of one part but of many. Now, if the foot says, should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the pot body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the Bible. I thank you that Paul wrote this down. I thank you that early believers made copy of it, copies of it and kept it around and that, that we still have it to read and to learn from. And I pray that whatever you have for us to learn today, that it would stick, that it would become a part of the framework of our faith, that our faith would become stronger, that we would become more like your son, Jesus. 
Amen. All right, you guys can see. Thanks. All right, so I need um I need all the kids real quick. I got a big drawer of Legos here, and I'm gonna put them up here, like right here, and and I, I need all the kids to come and get Legos because I need all the kids to come and get a bunch of Legos, and you can come back up and get Legos anytime that you want during the sermon. Because I want all the kids to build a church. I want you to build a church. Any and every kid in the room, anyone that feels as though they are a kid in any way. You can sit there and build it, or you can take a bunch and take them somewhere else. I will ask you, though, so you guys can't chat with each other because they still have to be able to hear the sermon, okay? So, But go ahead and grab a bunch of pieces, and I want you to build a church, okay? Nope. Do you hear me? I want you to build a church, okay? Whatever you think a church should look like, I want you to build a church, okay? So did you guys know, church, did you guys know that uh, Lego, the word Lego, is actually Latin for I put together? The guy that actually came up with the name Lego didn't even know that when he decided to name the company Lego. Because at the time that he made wooden toys, he didn't have this interlocking system that they have now. And so the word Lego actually means in Latin to put together, or I put together, or to gather, or to collect. And so I actually think what's really interesting about that is that in all of the years of Lego, even though the word means to put together, to gather, to collect, Lego has only ever released one church. In all of its years, it's only released one church. And it happened between 1957 and 1962. So they no longer have a church in their lineup. Now, you can find other knockoff brands, other brands that have something that is a church, but Lego does not have an official church. And I just want to remind everyone, um, the Legos will come back at the end of service. So these aren't Legos. Say, oh, these are my kids' Legos. They will be really mad at me if I don't bring all these home, okay? And that church that they released between 57 and 62 was never released here in America. I think that some people think that building a church, growing a church, is as easy as putting together a Lego set. It must be as easy as just saying that you have a church now. Maybe that's the real reason that Lego doesn't have a church anymore. Because they know it's not as easy as just building a set. It's not as easy as just taking these pieces and putting it all together. In the last 20 years, I've been a part of three different church plants. One in uh, one was a Methodist church in Georgia. One was Nazarene in Colorado. And this one that's non-denominational here in Rock Island. I've also helped launch three campuses. One Methodist in Moline. One Wesleyan in Rock Island. And one non-denominational in Colorado. That's basically six church plants that I've served in 20 plus years of ministry. So I have a little experience in this field. So trust me when I say that to be a healthy church is not as easy as building a Lego set. Building a healthy church is not like just emptying out a box of pieces that has instructions that have all been drawn out for you perfectly so that you know which piece to put in next. So I have a photo um, here, a graphic of a table, right? So when I started preparing for this message and thinking about table living, I didn't actually realize that table, the, the table parts have names. Did you guys know that all, all the different parts of the table have names? I mean, some of you probably know all, like, yeah, obviously, yeah, Anna's like, yeah, yeah, the top, that seems obvious. 
the leg. That seems obvious, but check out this. This one is labeled, the next photo, okay? Of course, you got the top. The top gets all the glory because the top holds everything, and why not? I mean, it, it, does, it looks like it's doing all the work, doesn't it? It's got everything on top of it. It's, off, it's often the most cleaned part of the table. Let's be honest. Um, anybody, men, women, dinner table at home, uh, you probably wiped off the top last night after dinner. When was the last time you wiped off the legs? The top gets all the glory. The top gets all the attention because that's where the food is. It's the awesome part of the table. And then there's the legs. They get a little bit of attention, right? Because it seems like they're the ones that are holding everything up. Sometimes they're even ornate. Sometimes they're curvy. Sometimes they're carved. Sometimes they're shiny, painted. Sometimes they, someone has given special attention to put a special design on them. But then there's the skirt. Right, that's, maybe it's got some drawers. Our, our skirt on our table has drawers coming uh, out of it. Maybe it's decorative. We have on the front the, the different colors of the church calendar um, going through the skirt of our table. And, and even the skirt, you could look at and go, oh, that must be an important part of the table because it feels like it, it's holding the legs together uh, around the top. Or maybe that the top is sitting on that skirt, so that, that must be important. But then it turns out that the legs aren't just legs. That's a, just like human beings, the legs have knees. Who knew? Right here underneath the skirt, right here where the, the leg connects to the table is called the knee. It's the knee of the table. And then obviously maybe some of you knew that you know the, the, the legs have feet. I remember when we reclaimed this table from upstairs from the factory that this, the legs were different lengths because of the way that the factory was using it. And if you look at these tables back here, you can see that there's about three inches of a different colored wood. And it's because when, when Daryl and Bruce and other people were working on this table making sure that it would be level, they had to add three inches of wood to the bottom of that, and then they had to sand it and glue it and make sure that it was perfectly the same as all of the other ones. And so you got the top, you got the skirt, you got the legs, the knees, the feet. You got all these different parts. If you're not picking up on it yet, I'm trying to say that the church can be like a table. And here's the truth. Sometimes churches are wobbly. So why is it wobbly? In a church, I think that the pastors of the staff, and this is an interesting day where I honestly, Greg Hampton feels like Greg is doing everything because Jen is out of town. And so I don't want people to think, oh, Greg just always does everything. That's, that's not the point. But I think that pastors, that staff, that team leaders, our job is to help the table be solid. We're always working so that the legs are the same length, that the feet are secure and solid on the floor, that the knees are secure and covered by the skirt. We, we don't toss out the table when it's wobbly. We work on the table when it's wobbly. But you, don't, you also don't lean on sugar packets as long-term solutions. The trouble is, is that every part of this table, every part of a church, is made up of people. 
and people struggle to stay in one place for very long. The wobble comes when we don't want to be, listen, what or where God is asking us to be on the table. Paul knew that. When he wrote what we read, he knew that. He says that sometimes the foot wants to be something else. Feet can get tired of always being on the floor. They get tired of being kicked when someone walks by. So sometimes the foot thinks, well, maybe I'm just a foot here, but maybe I could move up the leg somewhere else. What happens when part of the foot of a table falls off? How many times have you been at a restaurant and realized that the reason that a table is wobbly is that that little rubber thing that's supposed to be on the bottom of every one is missing from one of the legs? You're like, oh, the table's wobbly because something that's supposed to be there is missing, is gone. What happens when the knee wants to be the top? You know, they want to be seen. So you can't see the knees behind the skirt tables. You're discreet like that. The knee thinks, well, maybe I'm just a knee here, but uh, maybe I could be more visible on a different table. What happens if the knee is removed? The whole leg buckles. Let me paraphrase what Paul is saying. A table that's all legs is just a pile of lumber. A table that's all tops is just a pile of plywood. And a table with missing parts is going to wobble. So in verse 18 he says, But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them. How? Just as he wanted them to be. Feet get tired of being on the floor. Knees get tired of being hidden. But every part of the table, every part of the church, the body, is who God created them to be. And the more that we live at the table, the more we learn who we are, the more we learn where on the table that we belong. Listen, honestly, sometimes someone has been the foot of a table for a really long time and they've always meant to be the knee on a different corner. It is absolutely true. And some people were meant to be the top, but they ended up being the skirt and we're trying to figure out how to correct things and how to make sure that that church is as healthy as possible. And the more we learn where we belong on that table, the more we can see just how important the part that we are is to the rest of the table. Paul is trying to say that no matter where you fit inside of a church, you are meant to see the value of the place that you fit, not look for a different place to fit. So what do we do with that? The first thing is this. We have to be comfortable with who God has made us to be. Listen, I'm really sorry. If you're a foot, you're a foot. You just are. If you're a foot, you're a foot. You know, there's, there's certain people, I don't want to pick on Daryl, but, but Daryl's like, I just really like to help. He's like, you, you tell me what to do, and I just really like to help. And he's told me, he's like, I don't want to be in charge, but I will definitely help. And Daryl's going, I know what part of the table I am. 
I'm not trying to be a different part of the table. And I've had other people that are just like, I just want to serve however. You know, like um, Bree singing in the band. She wasn't like, man, I want to be on a microphone. You better let me have a microphone. No. We discovered that she belonged behind that microphone. The different people that serve and play, you begin to discover what part of the table they belong on. You need to become comfortable with the part that you are because the church needs feet. The table needs feet. And if you're a knee, you're a knee. And there's beauty in being whatever part God has made you because we are all part of one table. Just like I said earlier, that song that was sung in Nigeria that is now catching fire in America, that church in Nigeria is part of the global church. We are all a part of a table trying to figure out how to serve God best. And maybe you don't think of yourself as someone that serves in treehouse, for instance. But maybe you are. Maybe you don't think of yourself as a part of a team that invites people to church, but maybe you are. Maybe you don't think of yourself as someone who sings or cleans or prays, but maybe you are. Maybe you haven't figured out what part of the table you are because you haven't asked, you haven't tried. There's a reason that we here at the church, we call our volunteers the framework. It's because a house, a table, anything that's being built will not stand strong without a strong framework. So I want to encourage everyone here to consider what part of the table are you meant to be and then embrace it. Two, we need to bring our whole selves to the table. That's a common theme of the concept of living at the table um, and so at this point, I want the kids, however far along you are with your churches, I want you to come and put the churches here on the table right here. Will you guys do that? Bring your churches, put them right here, right here on the table, up here, nice and tall. Okay, nice church. Nice. It's a church, it's a church. Nice. Got some over here. We can spread them out. Oh, that came off. I don't know where it was. That's okay. All right, you guys can have a seat. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so we got some churches here, okay? These are all awesome. Aren't these all awesome, guys? We give the kids a round of applause. All of these churches, these different interpretations, these different ideas of what a church can look like. It's awesome. And I think there's something about maturing as a Christian. When we are young in our faith, that we think very much about what we want a church to look like. We think very much about how we would build a church. And then as we mature, we start to discover that there is a way for all of these to come together. And for all of the pieces that we have individually used for our individual concepts and individual ideas of what a table is, can be, or should be, what a church should look like, we start to find out that what Paul is telling us, that there is a way to put all of these things together into one church. That some of us are more charismatic than some of us. 
that, that some of us are more evangelistic than some of us. That some of us are more introverted or extroverted than the others. That some of us would love to never sing another song on a Sunday morning than some of us. That some of us would change 19 things out of 25. But then we discover that somehow the thing that we had in mind, that God wants us to take all those little pieces and put it together as one larger thing. That's what it means to bring everything to the table. That you also take your opinion of exactly how something should be and you put that on the table too. And I think that that's one of the reasons that churches, listen, I'm not just talking about our church, I'm talking about churches become so wobbly because we are still young in our faith, determined to say that I need to build this the way that I would want it. When God is asking us to come together and build something together as one church that has space for everybody. I want to encourage you. A church isn't a two-year stop. My personal belief, and, and I understand I've worked at a lot of different churches because it's the call that's been on my life has been to serve and to work in churches. But I grew up in a church in Moline called First United Presbyterian Church where I grew up as a child being taught in Sunday school by men and women that had been a part of that church for 20 years. That right now, if you go over to First United Presbyterian in Moline, that some of the elders there are my age because they grew up there and now they're elders of the church. Church is meant to be about legacy. Church is meant to be about generations. So I want you to hear me say that unless there is a call on our life to serve other places, that our first thought about church should be generational. My thought is, will my kids grow up and serve at this church? Your kids, will your kids grow up and serve at this church? Will your kids grow up and touch and reach this city because of the way that we have embraced generations? That someday, that you, maybe you're not a grandparent now, but you will be a grandparent to children that come to this church. And that today, that maybe you don't have children, but you are a parent to other kids in this building. Maybe you have no nephews or nieces, but you are thinking about the legacy of your life here in this church, at this table, and so you take on the role of aunt or uncle in the lives of other people in this church, that you see someone that has no brother or sister, you take on the role of sibling. Because you are not thinking about church being a two-year stop. You are thinking about your legacy. You are thinking about the generations that got you here, that got you to the place that you are with God. Because when something was wobbly, they knew that the table didn't need to be thrown out. 
they knew that they had a spot in that table for the future. Third thing I want to say is that I have, well, we put up that last picture with the, the words on it. Go back one. Yeah. So inside and underneath, there's something on a table called a stretcher. You see that? This one has a box stretcher. This table has one kind of on the inside. It's on the side. And then because there's a shelf that kind of operates as a stretcher. And a table that carries a lot of weight almost surely needs a stretcher. It keeps the legs where they belong. It keeps the table from falling down under the weight of what's on top. It's the part that you put your feet on when you pull up, you sit in a chair. You ever do that? If you were to come to our house at dinner at our home, you would see that the stretcher underneath our table is the most beat up part of our table. Because the, when you push the chairs in, the chairs hit the stretcher. When you sit down, you put your feet on the stretcher. And if you want to talk about a part of the table that doesn't get clean very often, it's probably that stretcher. Check out this next photo, though. Some tables have stretchers that look like this. And I like this because while it's not exactly a cross, it's like a cross. So I want to be brutally honest. I think the people think the pastors are the top of the table. When in reality, we're the stretchers. This is why people don't like it when a pastor confronts them about sin. They just want the pastor to hold the weight on top, to look like a good table. They don't want to be stretched at the bottom. But pastors aren't here to carry the weight. Pastors are here to stretch the legs to correct the wobbles. And we do that best when we are living life on the cross. When we as pastors, Chris, myself, Jen, when we are daily dying, when we are daily putting ourselves on the cross, when we are saying that we will stretch out with our lives to hold the church together, Because Jesus was, Jesus was a carpenter. And I'd be willing to bet my life that he built some tables. And if anybody knows how to hold a church together, it's Jesus. Today I want you to hear To live at the table is to give your life. To live at the table is to put everything on it. To live at the table is to think about the future. To live at the table means that sometimes it'll be wobbly 
but you understand that things will level out. To live at the table is to discover what part of that table that you are. To live at the table is to look at the people next to you and say, I'm in this with you. And we're in this together. We will hold this together. And as I'm finishing this sermon, you know, I always I try to be really aware of how sermons are coming off. And I realize that you may be like, man, is something wrong? Like, is the church falling apart? No. But the Bible talks about a lot of things that aren't happening to us right now that still need to be talked about. And I want to make sure that we as a church understand what it really means to be at a table. Does that make sense? Because you may feel like everything is super solid today and tomorrow you may feel like it's wobbly. And for the days where we feel like something is wobbling, we need to remember what we heard when it felt solid. That Christ holds us together. That we are one church. And He has stretched Himself across to let us be who we are. Amen? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word, even when it's hard to hear. Pray that You would help us to put everything on the table. You would help us discover what part of the table that we are. That we would see the generations and the legacy that's beginning from where we sit. God, for the days that things feel wobbly, that You would give us faith that things will be strong. And we will turn our eyes to the way that you have stretched yourself across to give us a church and a family in which to belong. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread that was at the table that he was sitting at with his disciples and he blessed that bread and he said, this is my body that is broken for you. And in the same way, after the meal, he took the cup. He said, this is my blood that is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you eat this bread, whenever you drink this cup, do so in remembrance of me. And it should not be lost on us that he gave us this practice at a table. So in a few minutes, a few moments, I'll invite you forward. You can put your connection cards in the boxes. Come take a cracker, dip it in the juice, partake, remembering that this is the body, represents the blood of Jesus, and that every step you take, you are walking towards the table. And hope that as you walk away, you will realize that because Jesus is with you, that you take that table with you wherever you go. Until then, I bless these elements in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, not only to the nourishment of our bodies, but to the encouragement and edification of our souls. If you were impacted by this message and would like to contribute to the ministries of The House, a local church, please go to www.thehousequc.com and click on Give.